Next up is Andrew Rooney to tell the story of an Irish wake, sitting with the dead as a timeless ritual that is reflected in most cultures. It is a time of sadness, reflection, acknowledgement of who has been lost, and a celebration at what has been given of a life. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> Based on a local true story, this is The Waking of Dan O'Gill. The Waking of Dan O'Gill. May he rest in peace and wake no more. I remember my Uncle Dan very well, if not very fondly. He had a big nose like a mushroom with a wart on it and whiskers coming out of each nostril like the fuzz that came out of his waxy ears. And his skin was waxy too and pale and he was always sweating even though he was ice cold to the touch. And every now and then he'd look right at you and his mouth would fall open and he would make a soft, awful noise in his gut. <clears throat> Just like that. And he'd let his mouth hang open a minute before dabbing it with his handkerchief. The same one he blew his nose with. And he had a weird smell about him too. So I didn't like my Uncle Dan O'Gill very much. But that doesn't mean he should blame me for what happened to him. The night he died, we were watching him, me and my sister Addie. He took sick a few nights before, and so my dad went and got him and all his clothes and the cat he'd been keeping around and brought them to our place. Dad said he was family, so we had to take care of him. He almost died of natural causes. Was this close? He was lying there on the couch by the open window, moaning and bellowing and scaring the bejesus out of me. And every now and then, he'd fall silent. And you think, he's passed on then. And then his mouth would fall open and... <clears throat> that disgusting noise and he's tossing and turning all over again I swear to God it was like he kept dying and waking back up again so it gets to be early in the morning and he's real quiet and we're sure this is it he's set to go for sure this time peaceful like dignified then the cat that came along with him black wretched thing that would croon every time Danny made his noise it jumped right up on his face dragging its tail across his big warty nose Danny starts up and goes and grabs the blanket to cover his face but grabs the curtain instead down comes the rod right on his head he howls and pulls it off, wrapping the drapes around his neck. And he pulls and screams and pulls and gurgles. 
and strangles himself right there on the couch. Things went downhill from there. <laughs> and nothing to do with me. I want you to keep that in mind. And Danny, if you're here, keep it in mind too. Now back in those days, you couldn't get a doctor up in low, let alone a mortician. And Dad decided we would have a wake for old Danny the next night. And it was up to me and Addie to get him ready. I was scared shitless. Addie didn't care. She was a funny one, God rest her soul. Pragmatic to the point of mechanical. She built him a box out of pine. And we got him in there without too much of a hassle. I never put my hand on a dead body before. She said I had to shave him. I was young enough I wasn't even shaving myself. I used my dad's straight razor and I held it to his face. And just as I was about to start, his mouth popped open and... <clears throat> I almost shat me britches. And somewhere in the room, a cat crooned. I thought he was waking up again. Addie said, well, that'll never do. And she took his handkerchief, the one he dabbed his mouth and blow his nose with out of his front pocket. I thought she was about to tie up his jaw, but then she sent me out to her old Darren car outside and got me to get some patching cement. She wadded up the handkerchief with the cement and fetched a tablespoon and we shoved it down Dan's throat and that stopped the noise. <laughs> I only helped a little and it wasn't my idea. So, I went to shave him again, carefully. I steadied my hand and put the blade to his cheekbone and started to draw down, slowly, nice and easy. And he jumped! <laughs> and I jumped too and brought the blade clean through one of his waxy ears. And it flopped on the pine board beside him. So, we got some more patching cement and spread it over the ear and we held it in place until it stuck. Again, not my idea and I only helped a little. It was getting late by then and we needed to get a move on. We had to get him dressed up nice, so we got him out of the box and found his suit. Only now, he was stiff as a board and we couldn't get anything on him. We couldn't leave him in the coffin in his underwear. So, we cut the back out of his suit and laid it on him like a tablecloth. <laughs> that one was my idea. <laughs> and I was only trying to make him look dignified. So, the wake came and went, and nobody made a comment about this suit or the crooked ear. And there I am, alone in the room with Danny once again. And he moves. And my heart nearly snaps. And he shifts in his coffin just a bit. And in the back of my mind, I hear... <clears throat> 
they swear to God. A cat's croon somewhere. And he shifts again. This time, knocking the side of the coffin. And my heart is in my throat now as he starts to move from side to side like he's trying to get up, like he's trying to come and get me for what we've done to him. And he gives one final twitch. And the cat pops out from under him. <laughs> and croons must have wedged in there somewhere before the wake began. And his tail brushes Danny's nose and he hops out of the window and we never see it again. And Danny lies still. We buried him the next day. Now, Danny, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You weren't a dignified man, but you deserved a dignified way to go. And I never meant you any disrespect. And I hope that wadded up old handkerchief I found on the doorstep isn't a sign that you're harboring a grudge. <laughs> and I hope the cat I've been hearing outside my window at night isn't the self-same one. <clears throat> Pardon me. I seem to have something caught in my throat. <laughs> Thank you.